Welcome to Supply Chain Now, the voice of global supply chain. Supply Chain Now focuses on the best in the business for our worldwide audience, the people, the technologies, the best practices, and today's critical issues, the challenges and opportunities. Stay tuned to hear from those making global business happen right here on Supply Chain Now. Hey, good morning. Scott Luton and Greg White with you here on Supply Chain Now. Welcome to today's live stream. Greg, how are we doing? Outstanding. How are you doing, Scott? Doing lovely, especially we get a little rain today. Our Is that happening bean. today up there? I sure hope so. I thought it was going to rain earlier today. Our green bean farm, massive acreage, as yep. in eight plants. I think could, could really use a little bit of rain, but we'll see. We'll keep our fingers crossed. How about you? What's it look like down in Hilton Head Island? It's pretty clear right now, but we are supposed to get some rain later today. So yeah, and I have to make the trek. So I have to time it carefully so I don't get rained out. Okay, nice. It's all about timing. Life's all about timing. Greg. And there's nothing like a five-hour drive uh, in the rain. So <laughs> no, there's not. Wait, well, speaking of precipitation, we're going to have a deluge. I said that word right? A deluge. Ooh, I like that. Of yeah. market intel, knowledge, and growth stories dropping on our audience here today, our global audience. So we're going to be talking about fast growth in an endlessly challenging environment and a highly innovative and collaborative approach to TMS technology, transportation management systems for those of you keeping score at home. Greg, are you <laughs> buckled up and ready for this? I am. Let's do this. All right. So I'm not hey. keeping score at home, but I feel like I should be now. <laughs> there should be a supply chain scorebook, much like baseball has uh, in these times we're living through. But we'll save that for another There'd show. There'd be a lot of errors, a lot of big E's <laughs> in the scorebook if that was the case, wouldn't there? Man, I feel like Goose had just uh, set you up on the beach volleyball to spike it down. Right. That was nice, Greg. Very nice. But folks, of course, we want to hear from Greg. We got two incredible panelists who will be joining yeah. us here momentarily. But we also want to hear from you. Uh, we're going to say hello to a few folks in a minute. But just like they're chiming in where they're from and, and greeting everybody, hey, share your take on the conversation and discussion as we work through today's conversation. So use that chat bar, cheap seats, or the club-level seating because football season's coming soon, right, That's Greg? right. So I want to hear from you and uh, look forward to your take on today's conversation. Really quick, before we bring in our uh, esteemed panel, let's say hello to a few folks. Hey, Kavan is back with us, Greg, the legendary. Yeah, I was getting a little worried. He might have like stopped eating lunch or something. I don't know. <laughs> Well, you know, Kavan has been on quite a tear, turning out some great content. Uh, of course, he's working on his PhD, quite the supply chain guru. So great to have you back with us here, Kavan. Yeah. Mike Avra is back with us, says he's doing fantastic after taking out the Mets last night. Go Braves. Thanks, Mike. Good job. What a game. 13 to what? 1. Whenever the Mets are throwing in their position players to pitch a couple innings, and that's their most effective pitchers of the game, that's a good game to watch, I tell you. But hey, if you're a Mets started fan, yesterday? Steven Strider for the Braves. He went five and a full box score at a, on the 11 right. p.m. report tonight. But hey, Braves took the first one and we'll see how what takes place tonight. Catherine Hintz is with us. Of course, Catherine, Hines, Amanda, of the Clay. Family. Yeah. <laughs> Catherine, Amanda, Clay, Chantel, the whole production team. Appreciate what they do helping to knock these shows out with us. Shelly Phillips is tuned in via LinkedIn. Good morning from rainy Colorado. Shelly, great to have you back here today. Kendall Scott, excited for the show. Kendall, hey, let us know where you're tuned in from as you are watching us via LinkedIn. Let's see here. Jason Hildebrand 
Good morning from Sakeem Logistics. And yes, go Braves. Hey, Jason, you're part of the fan now. So welcome, welcome. Cameron tuned in via LinkedIn. Great to see you here today. Hey, Samantha Foley is back with us via LinkedIn. Hello from Dallas, Texas. Nice and sunny today. Go Cowboys. Oh, Greg. Oh, man. I didn't mean to break your heart there. Big Dallas Cowboys fan, it appears. Who did we have on who was a big Cowboys fan, but not a Jerry Jones fan? Was that every Cowboy fan that we've ever had on? (laughs) Was that a particular one? Uh, Yeah. Actually, I watched a little bit of their preseason game. They mean nothing. Right. Especially right now. Right. It's just how to get the roster down to, which has to be down to 95 by today, noon today. Oh my gosh, it has to be down to 95 now. <laughs> so, and then it, I mean, then they're they stealing away players. Yeah. Right? It's just not a fan. Not a fan. I mean, you it's got to go it's down the, to 53 players. Wow. It's a necessity for the business side of professional football, I imagine, but not a fan of viewing preseason games. And thanks, Mike. I think I got. Spencer Strider, not Steve. I think I said Steven Strider. Spencer Strider, who oh. played baseball at Clemson, by the way. Some folks may not know that. You think but you he, know him better. He, you know, kidding. He has got <laughs> some stuff. Let me tell you. T-squared. He holds down the Fort Force on YouTube. He's ready for the nourishment. Do it 3X. Hey, I like that. We'll do it. We'll try to do it 5X today. So it is coming. And finally, Jake Chase tuned in via LinkedIn from Oklahoma City. Yeah. Lovely. Lovely city. Straight Jake. down I-35 from Wichita. That's right. Jake, great to see you. Okay, with no further ado, welcome in everybody. I know we couldn't hit everybody. You know, y'all comment throughout the hour. Want to get your take on this uh, great conversation we're going to have teed up. And with no further ado, I'm going to welcome in Greg, our two panelists. We are all set to hear from Steve Lyons, President and CEO with Vine Line Logistics, and Sean Barker, Senior Account Director with Turbo. Hey, hey, Steve, how you doing? Hey, good guys. How are you? Great to see you. Hey, Sean, how you doing? Great. Thanks for having us on. Wonderful. Greg, we've enjoyed the pre-show conversations with these two supply chain leaders. They bring not only a ton of expertise, but a lot of personality to the table, which we love. I had Uh, not noticed that. (laughs) It's so important to maintain a healthy sense of humor in these challenging times, for sure. Along those lines... Uh, and by the way, hello, Dr. Ron. Great to see you here today. Appreciate what you've been up to here okay, lately. We can go now. Yeah. <laughs> so Sean, Steve, and Greg, before we dive into a great growth story, uh, that's going to offer, I think, a lot of information and not best practices, Greg, game-changing practices, I'll call it, for plenty of folks that are in uh, the supply chain industry. Let's have a little fun with a warm-up question here today. So folks, it is National Rum Day. National Rum Day. Every, every day, everything has its own... National Day here in the States, I guess. Mm-hmm. So I want to start with Steve here. What is your favorite rum or rum drink? Favorite rum or rum drink? Well, I got a story. So I'm a big bourbon fan. Okay. And so recently picked up a bottle of Angels Envy Rye. It is bourbon aged in Caribbean rum casks. So I do Ooh. feel like it falls into the rum category. There you go. But, but the reason I got onto that, I was at a restaurant and they didn't have prices for the liquor on the menu. And I wanted what was a rye and they had Angels Envy rye. I didn't know the price and I liked it so much that I actually did what I don't normally do at a restaurant. I had two glasses. Well, I got the bill at the end and they were 40 bucks a piece. So, <laughs> so when I saw a bottle for much, much less expensive in the store, I decided to pick one up and not order it from a restaurant again. So... Uh, it's very tasty, though. <laughs> I very bet. Tasty. I may have had that 
experience once in Greenville. <laughs> that's right. It was like, it's what? You're right. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, that's more than my food. What? Yeah. <laughs> well, we'll take two then. Uh, no, yeah. Yeah. Steve, <laughs> great story. And by the way, you've got a, a fashion fan. Jason Peterson says, hey, I need a Vine Line vest. Looking good, Steve. Well, I appreciate that. Jason, great to have you here today. Um, okay, Sean, that's going to be tough to stop. Steve, or tough to top. Steve seems to be a very educated connoisseur of uh, adult beverages. So, Sean, your take on National Rum Day. Yeah, I don't think I'm up there on that level from a connoisseur standpoint. And uh, never really been a big rum guy, but there is a place in Gloucester, Massachusetts on the water called the Mile Marker. And they have a drink there. It's a rum drink called the Painkiller. And I mean, that's, that's pretty much what does it for me. So nothing better than an 80-degree day just over there hanging out with one. <laughs> with or without nutmeg, Sean? With. <laughs> with. Got to go to nine yards, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I just, hey, you had me at the drink name, right? Can, can you imagine a, a long day staggering in there at, at 7 p.m.? And I need a painkiller. Sounds like <laughs> it'll do the trick, Sean. All right. So, Greg... Steve and Sean have weighed in on National Rum Day. Your thoughts? Yeah, so on National Rum Day, I'm going to pick our national rum. So we have some family friends in Puerto Rico, the Fernandez family and the Torado family. And Pablo Fernandez, a good friend of mine, his great-grandfather founded a brand of rum called Ron del Barilito, which means rum in the little barrels. Okay. And they have little barrels. I have one. They made me take it away. It was funny, at, by the way, at the airport, they're like, how did you get that? <laughs> but their great-grandfather was such a huge patriot of Puerto Rico. He casked a rum and he called it the Freedom Cask. He casked it in 1947, only to be opened when Puerto Rico becomes independent, which of course wow. will never happen. So, ev But every year you have to turn the cask and then you test it to make sure it hasn't gone bad. Two different times, uh, Pablo is, and, and his father, Fernando, have invited me down there to taste the freedom cask of, of rum. And it is, I mean, like you'd expect, it is smooth as glass. Any rum that's 70 years old is delicious. Man, that is quite a story. We're going to have to have rum hour uh, later this week, perhaps, <laughs> here at Supply Chain Now. But Greg, Steve, and Sean, well done. And let's all be sure to celebrate National Rum Day in our own ways later today. So, hey, it's obligatory. Really quick, I was going to share it. Mike says, hey, if you're in Puerto Rico, take a tour of the Bacardi factory. Dr. Rhonda says no more rum for her after uh, adult beverage-fueled Jenga games. And I think this <laughs> I think this is Christian. Christian says it's a kappa, his or her favorite, uh, favorite rum. So good stuff there. Okay, so we got to get to work. We got to dive in uh, head first, Steve and Sean. I think an intriguing story here that a lot of folks can learn from. I want to start with kind of level setting a little bit. And Steve, plenty of folks know both Turbo and Vineline, but let's just kind of level set a bit. Tell us about what the Vineline Logistics Organization does. Uh, the shipper, I love this, the shipper to receiver solution. So tell us about the company a little bit. Yeah, thanks for passing it over. So Vineline Logistics, we had originally started 2008. It was created at the time, it was called Custom Logistics to support a food service customer who needed help getting produce from the West Coast back into the Midwest. My father, Gary, had a produce company. And so this option of, can you help me with logistics really got to the point of starting that logistics company for them. And it was the only customer. And so he knew of a trucking company and that could handle it, started moving their freight from California to Michigan. And, that's, and then from there, it really just kind of came from what else can we help with? 
and started moving transportation for the produce company, of course, running it through that. But I came on board 2013. And at the time, we were really doing a lot of produce shipments out of the Southeast and the West Coast and really came in and decided from a marketing standpoint, we have something here that we could probably turn into a brand, start going after the produce markets and growing the company from that standpoint. So at the time, it was, we heard a lot of, you need to be an asset-based broker. So that was a huge transition on, hey, if you're going to work with you, we want you to have your own assets. Uh, So we bought trucks and to service the needs of some outbound customers from Michigan, get them into the produce growing regions. And I helped kind of launch that off the ground and worked with the drivers. And like most people that own trucking companies, you kind of find out you have thought you were only going to have two trucks and then the two turned into four. Then the four turned into 10. And you're like, what? How did we get so many? But we kept going with it, opened up. We had an opportunity to open up a facility in Cedar Rapids, Iowa for another customer and start doing Midwest distribution. And so just the the opportunities just essentially just were happening somewhat organically, but also just as our customers' needs changed, we just kept saying yes, and then we can do that. Let's look into it. So where the company is today, we were, we've always been a part of a group of companies being affiliated with produce. But last year, and when I really got talking to Sean is when we were pivoting to become our own standalone entity, not being a part of the group of companies anymore. So as a logistics company standing on their own two feet, we really had to identify who are we? What are we about? What's our goal? So Steve, I, I, I want to get into that story in just a moment. I think that's going to offer up a tons of learnings for our listeners. If I can, though, really quick, uh, just to level set a bit, just like we've gotten a nice dose of what Vineline Logistics is. And by the way, Greg, necessity is truly the mother of not only invention, but the mother of entrepreneurial expansion. Yes, thank you. And I love what Steve brings to the table there. Let's kind of complement that with Sean and the, the Turbo story really quick. And then we're going to come back, Steve, and talk about kind of the, the cool stuff they're doing together. But Sean, in a nutshell, tell us about Turbo. Yeah, a little bit on what Turbo does. Helps organizations you know, plan, execute, and settle. Right, Sort of your standard blocking and tackling within the worlds of TMS. But what takes tur- makes Turbo extremely special is this layer of collaboration on top of plan, execute, and settle piece. And within the world of collaboration, there's there's really two ways about it. Like number one, within Vineline and you know every within the four walls of the organization, how can I better work with my team members? Right, some of the operational efficiency there. And then there's this whole network idea of how can I work better with my shipper customers? How can I work better with my carrier partners? And I think the shipper to the receiver solution, like the mantra from Vineline. That does a fantastic job summing up what Turbo can offer in terms of tying together all organizations, you know, that are going to be having to collaborate together on that, you know, one single shipment right there. So, high level, that that's a little bit on Turbo. Perfect. And you know, we got a lot of feedback last time uh, Turbo mm-hmm. joined us and how they kind of they brought a customer and told the story and the relationship. And I look forward to diving in deeper. So, Steve, I'm coming back to you, but first, Greg. As we're level setting, we kind of heard about the Vineline logistics story. And then Sean just shared with us what Turbo's up to. Cool things there. Your quick take, Greg. Yeah, well, you know, we've talked a lot about the technologies that are really become so important in supply chain. I think WMS is obviously one. TMS kind of came out of WMS because warehouse management systems, they do warehouse transportation (laughs) was the next question. Just like Steve got, can you do more for us? Right. A lot of companies got the next question and TMS became that. So 
if you talk about the underpinnings of technology in terms of supply chain, it's going to be WMS and TMS, and then a lot of the forecasting and planning and that sort of thing. So if you can tie all those together, right, for your shippers for and for their trading partners, that's so powerful, right? Yep. And we keep talking, Sean, we keep talking about technology, how important technology is today and has, I think, both all of us would probably agree, has been for a long time. But now we have such a wealth of data and we are so in the forefront in terms of supply chain. We can't hide anymore. That's right. Um, behind our name tags and our blue shirts. We have to be up there in the C-suite making explanations, making arguments and creating initiatives. So it's really, really critical that companies start to embrace, if they haven't already, these kind of technological initiatives. Well said. We're going to move into a supply chain story time in just a second. I'm coming to Steve next, but Mike says, now's the prime season for produce. I bet Steve can speak to that by the truckload. And Literally. Dr. Rhonda. Yeah. And maybe LTL also. <laughs> right. Maybe. Cool background story, Steve. And I agree with that. And I didn't mean to interrupt you for a second, but I wanted to level set with the whole panel. And Steve, you're about to kind of move into kind of where the business stood when you met Sean and the Turbo team. And maybe you can shed some more light on that as well as some of the challenges that you face in the business? Yeah, we always had a TMS system, but like some old school TMS systems, it looked a little bit more like an Excel spreadsheet. And it was on a server and it had very, very limited capabilities. I think and the capabilities that it did have were if we wanted to enhance a feature or have an integration of some kind, it was this like really obscure task that who to involve and how much is this going to cost me? and all sorts of stuff, right? So we knew that at some point we would outgrow our current TMS. And when we decided that we wanted to take the foundational aspect of our business and we wanted to grow it and we wanted to turn it into something more and go hire more employees, we really needed to look at what else is out there. And I think we knew technology was going to play a key role in that. Um, to this day, I'm still surprised at to what level technology is playing to the point where we have to balance it with the human element. We're really trying to do that. But when we got hooked onto Turbo, it was apparent by the first demo just in the way that the interface looks, right? So some people overlook the fact that the way the user interface appears has a lot of merit and you're hiring employees. And that's sometimes the first thing they see when they sit down in the chair and they want it to look, some call it cool, but also just useful. Yep. And that was like something we absolutely had to have. So in the demo from Turbo, you know, we all we all walked away going, that is such a cool looking system, right? And then we pulled back the layers. Okay, why is it set up the way it is? And when we really got into the collaborative piece and what Turbo can do from an integration standpoint and the team that they have behind them, it was we were already pretty much sold right off the bat because we said, okay, this is going to help us grow. Mm. And that's what we were essentially looking for in a TMS. What's going to help us grow? What's going to help us be more efficient? What's going to set us up for the next five, 10 years? And a lot of our questions were answered with those. We're here to help. We want to make sure you guys are successful. Okay. So we're seeing a lot of head nodding. I want to give folks a chance to weigh in on that. And Steve, I'm going to come back. So we're going to pick back up with you on implementation. But before we do, Greg, I'm coming to you first. And, and Sean, I'm get your thoughts in just a second. But Greg, some of those things, as Steve was describing, the technology and the impact on its team members, and those are a lot of uh, user experience dynamics, right? As we as software and technology is built, weigh in on that really quick, Greg. Well, I can't remember anything he said before spreadsheet, um, <laughs> but because I was just thinking how how often we talk about that transition, right? right. But 
since that, I mean, I think there's a number of key things that, Steve, you've talked about. One is the user experience. First of all, technology should only be an enabler, never a hurdle. Some of us, you guys don't look old enough, but some of us grew up with systems that had this thing called a green screen, which was really a black screen with green letters. And those systems were a nightmare, just like <laughs> your spreadsheet system, Steve. Everything had to be customized. They were on a server that went down three times a day. There was only one person in the company that knew it. Usually that person's name was Bob. I don't know why that is. Um, <laughs> I told you, um, supply chain story time. I'll tell you and, what. And very yeah, limited yeah, capabilities. Yeah. And as you said, it, customization, I think what you're speaking to, Steve, is dangerous because then it can't be supported by the technology company. They forget they even built it for you. The Bob guy that built it moves on to another company and then nobody can support it. So the way that technology has evolved today, one with the literally unlimited power of the cloud so that we can not only process more data, but we can process it with more complexity, greater mathematics, mm -hmm. and that sort of thing is critical to companies and the user interface. Right. It has to be simple, right? Everything we talk about in the boardroom has to be easily delivered on the desktop. And that's what really makes systems work. They don't need to look complex, which used to be how we impressed or how people tried to impress us as practitioners in the old days. Hey, you can do all this really cool math. You have to make it do it. Mm. Now all that cool math is behind the scenes and it is basically an app-like experience in so mm. many cases or very nearly an app-like experience for these business systems. And that's what gets people over the line in terms of being able to adopt and utilize these things. Well said, Greg. And Sean, I'm going to come back to you. I bet Greg in many ways is talking your language, but Take us back to what Steve was sharing, where clearly the Turbo team made an immediate impact, and then we'll get to the implementation in a second. But, but Sean, talk about some of those, those uh, kind of current state scenario that Steve painted the picture of. Yeah, so really there are two, and Steve, like cut in as always, but there were really two pieces that we were looking to solve for right off the bat. Number one, the simple usability. Just to touch on that for a second, I think, uh, I mean, these things have sort of spoiled us rotten the last 10 years or so. Everything we use on it, pretty seamless, right? So what we've done at Turbo is really incorporate that consumer feel within the world of enterprise applications. So digging into usability, you know, fewer clicks, run faster within four walls, right? Again, again, going into that standard blocking and tackling stuff from an operational standpoint. And then the other piece, which really stood out to me uh, that Steve was looking to solve for was how can Vineline better work with their carrier base and incorporate some automation in there. Take some of the workload off of the operations folks at Vineline, give a little bit more autonomy to the carrier network and having that symbiotic relationship, it's just going to really, again, create some automation, even expedites some billing cycles you know, between those organizations as well. So those are really the two top pieces that we wanted to hit on right off the bat and, and yep. really accelerate that time to value on. Well said. Okay, uh, Stephen, come to you next, but a couple of quick comments. Michael says... No more shipping bills with yellow and pink copies. Lee is a big fan of the UI for Turbo. So thank you for sharing that, Lee, via LinkedIn. Let us know where you're tuned in from, Lee. Kevon is still stuck on What About Bob. I love, I love that. And he agrees. Uh, that's why he says there's a move from C++ to Julia and Python. Adif, great to see you here today via LinkedIn. Let us know where you're tuned in from. And with that, Stephen, I'll shift back over to you. Last time Turbo joined us here at Supply Chain Now, there's a lot made about not only the ease of implementation, but the quick return on investment and the quick impact mm -hmm. it had on operations. But hey, those are my words. Tell us about implementation and flipping the switch, what that was like. Yeah. So I think 
what Sean had talked about is that slick user interface and that usability. One of the things that we always knew at Vineland just that we were bad at, we were we'd been very open about this is we struggle with training, like just training from the ground up with new employees, right? We just, we, we were very come on board. We need to be entrepreneurial and so on and so forth. And, and just, you know, sit that like sit and listen mentality where someone's right next to you. It's like, just learn from me. And as we grew, we knew we needed a system that was easy to train, right? So when we talked about implementation, not only did we want it to look easy, we wanted it to be train like we wanted to be able to train our employees easier so when we started to get on board and the turbo team helped us upload our carrier network we really wanted to start fresh with this new tms we had a lot of data that was messy and if we imported it into our new system it was not going to be worth bringing it all in but we did use a lot of the carrier data which we used with, with an uploading tool and and they walked us through and held our hand during that process but ultimately up and running with our team, it was amazing to watch. There was a member of the Turbo team on site with us for the first week. And a lot of questions from our team came up day one. It was almost like Spitfire. Chelsea from their team did an incredible <laughs> job at just being there answering over and over. The second day, though, the questions were very minimal. And it wasn't because that people didn't want to understand a user or weren't digging. It's right. just they were able to understand it. And like you said, Sean, that iPhone, the smartphones we have, I mean, to show someone how to text is super easy, but we're talking about how to run a business process. And mm -hmm. it seemed like the, it just, the system made sense. And there was also Parade Turbo University that helped us with that. And our team was up and running quick and we were mm -hmm. able to get going and we saw the return quickly because of that. And, and the features just kept coming out. So it was awesome. Speed, as we all know, whether you're entrepreneur, startup, organization or entrenched in global supply chain, speed can, can be everything uh, and ease to use and ease to learn. I uh, love hearing that, Steve. I'm going to come back to Greg in just a second, but Sean, speak to that implementation and some of the things that, that Steve just spoke to there. Yeah. So I think there's really two big pieces. What Steve had said in the beginning, prior to Turbo, I had operated in a TMS back in the day and it was just sit next to the guy next to you and he's going to tell you what to do. And if I have a question, get up and bother him while he's doing everything. That he's doing right so i'm i'm hurting his business and i'm slowing everybody down so what we do differently here going to what steve said there's really two pieces that make these implementations a lot easier than i think tms implementations have been historically first being this turbo academy and it's really this soup to nuts hey welcome to turbo and we're going to take you from a and by the end of this you're going to be at z and we're going to you know show you everything in between on how to get into this system and then you know life beyond go live right the other piece of that beyond turbo academy is really just a self-service help center within Turbo. Mm. So going back to that scenario, I said, hey, Nick, I, I don't know what to do. Can you help me repower a loader? You know, wh whatever the case was where something get tricky like that. So within Turbo itself, we have Turbo Help Center and our team has done a fantastic job documenting out all of these various workflows within the application itself. So as a user in Turbo, um, I don't have to get up and bother anybody or you know, put in a support ticket or you know, sort of the, the way things have been. I can go into Help Center. I can use the search feature, pull up essentially anything I need to, how to create a rate confirmation. I mean, you name it, that kind of stuff. And it's all listed out there, self-service. So those are really the two critical pieces, I would say, in the implementation and even like post-implementation yep. that, again, just like, like add positive pieces to the usability of the, uh, of the system. And the results, which we're going to touch on in a second. But Greg, weigh in. You've built technology. You've led uh, technology organizations. You certainly, all things technology. Uh, oh, Greg, E.B. White. Weigh in on, on some of these things that you've heard Steve and, and Sean address. Yeah, I think one of the best things I heard was Steve acknowledge, confess, that their organization is not good at training 
Entrepreneurial means that used to euphemism for on the job training because we haven't bothered, been able to put together a training system. And more companies should be open and honest about that. And that should be a big part of their decision making process, right? Because you don't want an ERP system or even an ERP owned TMS because it's going to cost you a million bucks and $10 million to implement it to customize it, and then it's going to take weeks and weeks of training to even learn how to use it. So these app-like solutions are critical for companies like that. And that doesn't make them less robust. Look, Blue Ridge, we, our system was very, very robust, but it all happened behind the scenes, much like Turvo. We made it very simple for the user to learn mm. and to operate. And I was thinking about this, Steve, and I sense you guys might have done some of this. The reason some of those questions weren't being asked was probably by the second day or so, people were going, oh, that's how this thing works, and trying to use it on like they would in a day-to-day basis, right? Mm. Yeah, I, yeah. I recall I mean, back our, in the old days, that was kind of what we had happen as well. So, Steve, you were nodding your head. Yeah. That's, was yeah, that accurate? I mean, it's just, it's fun to be able to watch when you put something in front of call it in this case an employee and you say hey you point at or they're asking a question hey how do i oh never mind i got it right and it's because in turbo i think what their developers did a very good job at is putting things where they should be right so they're not looking around for a lot of information a lot of what we want right in front of our call it our care sales reps or our logistics sales reps on the customer facing side that information could be tailored to be right in front of them right so we've been able to customize it to an extent on what yep. information we want them to see and i think that's one of the beauty of beautiful pieces of turbo is that not only is it kind of where it should be but we can also unlock where we want it to be in a lot of cases all right, so we're going to keep, I'm going to circle back with you in just a second as we explore maybe more benefits from the partnership here. But first, I want to say hello to Cameron. Great to see you here via LinkedIn. Thanks for joining us. And this is Jonathan McCutcheon. And Greg, I don't know if that rings a bell for you. Uh, it's been a couple yeah, of years. But Jonathan, when we met, he was coming of uh, doing big things from a supply chain in Carvana's earliest days. So Jonathan, we're going to have to catch back up and see what big things you've been up to since. Wow. Okay, kind of back to our story here. And Steve, I'm going to continue with you. Uh, what, wait a sec. I wish I could have found it. Steve, as you were talking about how difficult it is training you know, new team members, you know, y'all all seen that Tiger Woods and John Daly meme, right? And it's been all kinds of iterations, right? It's really fun to see. Uh, one of the iterations I saw was you know, Tiger Woods and all his sharp athletic fitness is the new employee, and that's his label. And John Daly, which probably set up uh, a middle light or a Diet Coke and a cigarette down, get you know, kind of a different picture is employee onboarding. And it was, it was a nice one meme, one iteration. And it, there's a lot of truth though in memes like that because training and onboarding new employees is difficult in and of itself. So it's really cool to hear how this partnership here, Turbo kind of makes that easy to some extent, as easy from a, in a relevance type of way. Not too much as easy in global supply chain these days. But Steve, speak to more of the benefits that you and your team have seen since the partnership, since it was implemented, flip the switch, and yep. you've been using it. Yeah. One of the things that sticks out the most is the way we communicate internally. So a lot of companies will use internal communication systems, whether it be Teams or Slack or Google Chat or whatever the case may be. What I really liked once after we launched Turbo was that the communication kept there, it stayed inside of our system. So in the event that we have a load and there's a question about it, maybe a pickup number needs to be updated or a 
appointment time needs to be adjusted. All the communication is happening in the load itself. In the chat feature, essentially, if one employee needs a question from another, they can directly communicate with each other inside the load. Very collaborative. I'm not being bothered by what used to be our VL dispatch email, where for whatever reason, every email ends up in VL dispatch because, well, as long as I'm casting a wider net, someone's got to respond, right? So our email just got out of control. We had thought that there would be this major benefit to this distributing email to a lot of users. Well, it didn't. So what we found is as soon after we, la- after we launched, our email count dropped dramatically. It's because all the noise just kind of went away. And yes, some of it went towards the chat feature in Turbo, but only if you needed to be a part of it. And so it helped us mm. kind of get rid of the noise what do I want to focus on specifically? And it's fun to watch when our carrier sales reps are the drivers using the driver app and they can communicate direct to the sales rep and, hey, I'm at the pickup location, I'm having a problem, whatever. They can communicate directly. And it's again, it's all on that load. It's all recorded. So we can go back and see a timeline of the conversation. And that was beautiful, right? We, didn't, we don't want to be outside of Turbo all that much if we can stay within the system and, and keep tags of what, happened on that load. So in the event we need to go back and look at the timeline, we have that. So Mm. huge benefit there. It dramatically decreased our email. And I think it removed a lot of noise in some cases stress because, hey, do I need to open that? Oh, wait, I'm now opening 100 emails that only five of them actually needed my attention. So that gets annoying. Um, Yes. (laughs) Right. Incredibly annoying. Yes. We need old Alka-Seltzer commercials right from the 70s and 80s plop plop fizz fizz we need those types of solutions for supply chain right because see to your point it is a stress and pressure filled world has been for a long time but these last few years as we all know it's uh, there's a lot of burnout so as leaders we've got to pivot to solutions i hate to use that word but you know we've got to look for solutions that make it easier on our teams make them more effective make their life and their, their roles easier sean greg i'm coming to you next but sean Steve just rattled off some of the benefits they've seen, some of those intangibles, which is really important. What else would you add, Sean? Yeah. So back in May, they had a big grand opening in Grand Rapids. They moved over to a new location, went out, met the team. That was a lot of fun. But then something pretty cool happened. You know, it's four o'clock or so on a Friday afternoon and carrier sales guys are on their computer working. And they're saying, hey, we got a load that we need to get covered. And it was like a tough lane, Texas up to Illinois or, or something like that. And I chuckled. I was like, geez, it's late in the day. Like, good luck on it. <laughs> so going to what Steve said, you know, I was able to watch everybody, you know, collaborate. And back in the day, it's like you have to yell over to the other desk and it's an IM and it's like, well, what load are we talking about right now? Right. So it's not a lot um, of interaction within the application itself. Everything in Turbo is contextual. So that was, you know, that's really cool to see. Then the other thing as well, like going back to that lane, I was like, you're not going to get that thing covered. They did get it covered. And I think a big piece of that was one of the themes of Turbo itself. It's less digging and more doing. So, hey, I don't have to go look through this really cumbersome carrier data carrier database. I don't know who's going to be the right carrier to get. I think that the lane was even covered just through a recommendation from Turbo on a carrier that had hauled the lane previously. So it was just really cool to watch the collaboration in real time between carrier sales and then being able to easily secure that capacity as well. Wonderful. All right. So, Greg, I'm going to give you the final word here on what you're hearing about this partnership. And then we're going to shift gears and do a look ahead. And we welcome everyone else's predictions uh, here in a moment. But Greg, a couple of things you heard here. I just heard the two biggest selling points of the entire technology. One is, I know this is really tactical, get rid of hundreds of emails a day, 
right? Get off work on time so you can start drinking beer. <laughs> I mean, just imagine how long those salespeople could have been trying to cover that load. Or maybe, Sean, to your point, maybe didn't even get it covered and lost the business. So, mm. I mean, I think that's, you know, that's fantastic. And those are real life user appreciated kinds of results. Of course, for the company, the results are much, much bigger than that. But the truth is, those little minor wins are what get people to use a system that accrues to the benefit of the entire company, right? Mm. So it is the little things that matter in these technologies. And it, I mean, it sounds, I haven't even seen Turbo, right? I haven't right. seen it. But I can tell by the stories that you guys are telling that it's obviously an easy, intuitive kind of system for people to use. And that's absolutely critical these days as our kids or younger siblings start to come into the workforce more and more, they're not going to tolerate the slightest disruption, the slightest mm. hindrance from technology. They're going to expect it to do more than even we expect today. So That's right. I think we're on the right path here. Technologies <clears throat> like this give companies a huge leg up when yep. recruiting. Agreed. Ain't got time for that. You know, the old dinosaur technologies. It's meme day here at Supply Chain Now. Yeah, also, I want to see that. I, I have never seen that famous <laughs> oh, meme gosh. that you keep talking about. So, Greg, I'll, I'll send you plenty please of Please do. Thank soon. you. I'm sure there will be hundreds of them sent now. Um, uh, so uh, I want to shift gears, right? We've kind of spent the first the big part of the show here talking about Steve's story and the partnership between uh, Turbo and Vineline Logistics, and some of the ways, you know, even if beyond Turbo and beyond this partnership, some of the ways that partnerships and technology should be constructed for it to be effective and u fully utilized uh, so it can make a big impact. So a lot of good stuff there. we got some comments we'll try to get to in a second, but I want to shift over to breaking out your crystal ball, right? As I've said a thousand mm -hmm. times, mine has long since been broken, right? I, I might can predict a baseball game what's going to happen today, but goodness, where we're going, who knows? But I want to start with you, Steve. What can business leaders expect, say, through the end of this year and into 2023? Any, any observations there? Yeah, no, I've been blown away lately with how technology and more specifically automation are playing a role in this third-party logistics landscape. I think we are trying to determine how far into the automation game we want to go because the concern is how do we apply the human element to the technological piece? I've been sitting through demos where you can go as far as quoting directly into a customer's spot market system based on a quoting tool, based on algorithms and so on and so forth. So I think that the industry is moving to this concept of doing more with less. I think that the technological systems are becoming more powerful in terms of the data that they're compiling and how we're using that to our advantage. So I think between now and the end of next year and moving forward, we're going to be challenged to determine what do we want in our tech stack and what do we want the process to look like? How far do we want to automate it? And then how do we explain that to our customers and our carriers? But I do think that we're going to have to implement automation into our processes. And I think ultimately what that's going to do is it is going to drive more business. And I think the ones that aren't looking at that automation standpoint, how to integrate better, how to get systems to communicate with each other more effectively, they're going to get left behind because it's yeah. just where our industry is going. We've made mention here in our office before that we're feeling like we're becoming a tech company. And that's not uncommon for others in the industry. I've asked around and said, yeah, no, it is heading that direction. So, but how do we apply the human element to that? We don't want to remove that piece Right. So how do we blend the two together? But I, 
I think that we got to pay attention to it because it's real and it and it's happening quickly. And Turbo gives us that ability beyond that cutting edge of that. So that's that's a lot of fun. Well said, Steve. Uh, all right, Sean, what does your crystal ball tell you? Yeah. So always been a big news nerd. So <laughs> been reading a ton that uh, it looks like. Well, and we've had you know these really global disruptions the past couple of years from what's been going on. And it looks like that's going to be continuing. China's potentially in a 2008 US type situation with a housing bubble looming. And you know we know what that ripple effect looks like. So I can definitely see that really continuing uh, within the world of supply chain, right? And how that's going to be affecting us here in North America. And the big driver out of that, it is forcing the two things. Like Steve had just said, how do I do more with less, right? We're going to be, you know, organizations are going to be scrambling uh, and mm-hmm. continuing to scramble, you know, just dealing with uh, punches and bullets, whatever you want to call it, that have been flying around. And then that other piece around some automation, doing more with less is really tight collaboration uh, that's just going to continue to be more and more of a necessity because of all the scrambling and uncertainty that's been going on out there. And the other piece too, I mean, just the technology is just it's increasing like day by day, right? It, things are just right. improving. Day over day, we're seeing it here left and right in terms of what we're rolling out from an enhancement standpoint. So those are just a few factors that I think are just really driving organizations more and more uh, daily, weekly to this you know, real focus on collaboration and automation. Yep. Well said. I had a robot deliver my pizza the other day. Speaking of technology. No way. Uh, Did you really? It, it yeah. softly it like on the door. Or something? Uh, it gave me my exact change back. No, I'm kidding, but it's coming. It's well, coming to Sean's point. Um, Man, right. I was so looking forward to that story. <laughs> Greg, we were, we, but the funny thing is, we all thought, wait, really, right? Did that happen? It's possible, so like, all of us right? It could have happened. Like, yeah, it's crazy. I thought yeah. Domino's. <laughs> the, some, of the, <laughs> some of the robots I've seen in the demos out there that will be poised for ground-based delivery, I hope they look, I hope the final models are a little bit more friendly and less <laughs> robocopish, but we'll see how it goes. Greg, Steve, and Sean both kind of offered up where we're headed, what they expect uh, business leaders dealing with you know, through the end of this year and into next year. Your thought? Yeah, I hate to sound like a broken record. By the way, a record is what you kids call vinyl out there. <laughs> um, but I predict that we will stop apologizing for technology taking people's jobs because technology is taking jobs that people are running away from. Right. I mean, let's face the economic reality. We're not politicians. We're actual people. So we have to face economic reality. We can't change the truth by changing the words. So the economy all over the world is slowing down. Some people call that a recession. Current sitting politicians don't. And they're economists. (laughs) But the (laughs) economy is changing. The employment picture will change. Right. And talk about necessity. People will have to be more automated as they reduce their staff in these difficult times to keep cash on hand. Labor is the largest expenditure usually on any company's P&L. So technology will become a more and more important part of it. More and more people at younger and younger ages, because it seems like almost every baby boomer has retired now, 3.6 million extra of them, Mm. even though 10,000 were retiring a day last year. 3.6 million extra, more than that, retired last year. Unless unless a stock market crashes again, they probably Mm. aren't coming back. So we're going to see more and more of those younger professionals coming into the workforce who expect automation, who expect technology to do the work for them, who expect not to have to do the dark, dirty, dangerous, dull, mundane, repetitive tasks that humans have been doing to to this time. Mm. So that's what I predict. 
I am wrong. <laughs> I'm wrong, but that's what I predict. Well, Mostly out of hope, I predict that. Thank you, Greg and Steve and Sean, for all uh, taking a stab at, at and putting out there what you see us heading uh, into. Samantha Jones, you have some great uh, comments there on the freight markets. I can't pull those up, but Rhonda, I'm sorry to let you down. She was ready to hear that experience. It's coming, as Steve and Sean and Greg all pointed out. And look at this. It's here. T-squared says Morgan State University currently has robots for on-campus food delivery. Let's go. Yeah. That far away. That's right. Love to see some pictures Crazy. of that, uh, T-squared. Yeah. Okay. Great. Great. By the way, supply chain school, Morgan State. That's right. Also, by the way, earlier in the comments, folks, you can check out uh, a big part of our conversation here today was Turvo Academy. Right, that Steve and his their team really appreciated. Dr. Rhonda also spoke about some of the things they're doing at her company to kind of create that university. And she included content around wellness, health, and mental overall well-being, but to include mental health uh, wellness. So love to see that, uh, Dr. Rhonda. Speaking of resources, Sean, uh, and the popular Turvo Academy. Uh, hopefully, y'all grade on a curve. That's the only way I got through college. We'll, we'll revisit that later, though. Uh, we've got a really neat resource uh, for folks that want to take a deeper dive into the story we've talked about here today. You want to shed some light on why folks should check out this um, this white paper here? Uh, yeah. Our marketing team at Turbo has collaborated. It's the keyword has collaborated with Steve and his team at Vineline and really just put together sort of like a Cliff Notes version right on what the quick impacts have been for Vineline with implementing Turbo. So it not only does it look cool, right? That's sort of a theme with Turbo looking great, but it, it just has, like you can see here, a lot of these quick data points right here. So you can get the really quick gist on what the impact has been uh, to Vineline. Wonderful. And hey, it's easy to download. I uh, did it this morning, a piece of cake. It's not one of those sticky you know, sometimes, I don't know if y'all have all submitted your information, you go through like eight more portals to get what you're looking for. Sean, I really appreciate how easy your team made that. So y'all check the link. We dropped it in the comments. Uh, you're one click away from downloading that. And one of my favorites, Sean chose not to use it, Paul Harvey. Uh, if you want to learn more, the rest of the story here between Sean, Steve, and their respective teams, check out the white paper. Okay. We had to make sure we finished on time for a couple of uh, reasons that we weren't going to share here, but we didn't want... Uh, uh, what was that character from In Living Color, Greg? Fire Marshal Fame. Bill. Yeah, Fire Marshal Bill, which was portrayed by Jim Carrey. Legendary uh, sketch Jeez. comedy series there. But let's make Stay sure. on a live stream. <laughs> you missed your call. You should have done impressions. I spent a lot, of, spent a lot of time in college working on that. <laughs> the Wayans Brothers. Man, what a great series that was. Okay. Let's make sure folks know how to connect with you both. Maybe they're interested in the online logistics store. Maybe they're interested in some of the cool things that Turbo's up to, or just connect with y'all from a leadership standpoint. Steve, how can folks connect with you? Yeah, no, you can connect with me on LinkedIn. Pretty easy to find there. You can email me, steve at vinelinelogistics.com. You can throw out an SOS. I'll do my best to reply. Try not to fax though. I'm kind of out of the fax game at this point. But link, LinkedIn no email, pretty easy way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No okay. carrier pigeons, none of that stuff. You're done. Okay. <laughs> Try not to. Well, Steve, really. Got in, <clears throat> um, describe what a fax machine is for our audience. Just kidding. <laughs> right? Hey, Steve doesn't, be, he doesn't have one. Right. Believe me. It you won't mean be e long. Right? <laughs> <laughs> it won't be long before fax and, and many technologies will have to be explained, right? Because they're, they're fading oh. fast for sure. Oh, yeah. Uh, interesting note. We were talking, you know, Greg, you mentioned uh, Violent Records earlier. 
Evidently, compact discs are making a comeback. For the first time in 20 years, sales of CDs were up in 2021. But more on that later. What's old is new again. Fortunately, I still have a car that I can play them in. (laughs) Totally. Uh, Well, Steve, really appreciate your story you brought here today. Love your passion and enthusiasm with telling it. Don't go anywhere just yet. Sean Barker, love what you and the Turbo team are up to. Changing how the game is played, making easier and, and more effective for team for hardworking uh, supply chain professionals out there. How can folks connect with you and Turbo? Uh, yeah, like Steve, LinkedIn, Sean Barker, my personal or my email for Turbo, sbarker at turbo.com. And then just to learn more about Turbo, it's just turbo.com. It's just that easy. And again, uh, y'all can also check out that uh, case study. Uh, that we drop the link in the comments. I'd also be in the notes on the episode page. Uh, Sean Barker with Turbo, Steve Lyons with Vine Line Logistics. Uh, gentlemen, really enjoyed today's conversation. Thanks for carving some time out. And we hope to have you back uh, again real soon. Thank you. Thank you Thanks very much. Me. So I'll tell you, Steve and Sean really enjoyed the last hour, enjoyed our prep show conversations with them. They're the same people behind the scenes as they are in front of everybody. I love that. Lots of uh, authenticity there. And they're doing big things. The last hour or so was chock full of actionable insights and experiences and technologies that anyone can benefit from. Business leaders, if you're looking for new ways of doing things, check out, make sure you connect with both Sean and Steve. But most importantly, Scott Luton wanted to challenge all of our listeners to, hey, be like Steve and Sean, do good, give forward, and be the change that's needed. And on that note, we'll see you next time right back here at Supply Chain Now. Thanks, everybody. Thanks for being a part of our Supply Chain Now community. Check out all of our programming at supplychainnow.com and make sure you subscribe to Supply Chain Now anywhere you listen to podcasts. And follow us on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, and Instagram. See you next time on Supply Chain Now. Supply Chain Now.